Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Good morning and welcome back to the FlowTrack podcast. It is Tuesday, June 16th. My name is Lincoln Shrike, joined today by Gordon Mack. Gordon, uh, it's nice to, I'm sure you guys discussed this yesterday, but it's nice to have you back in the the confines of your apartment uh, and not at the whim of the the Golden Arches. How are you doing today? Yes, I'm doing good. I heard that I was banned from the Friday pod because of bad internet. Uh, but now I have the good old Spectrum Wi-Fi in my apartment complex, and hopefully we're yes. good. It's crazy, man. Like having a new pods like virtual for like three months is, you know, it, it's it. I miss like actual like just like being in the same room having a conversation. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. so weird. It's mm-hmm. gonna be weird when we have to talk to each other without like a half a second delay. For those. Uh who are not watching this, just listening on your podcast feed. Gordon, last time you went to the beach, you had a sunburn. This time, it does not appear that you have a sunburn. Did you take the necessary precautions? Was it not as sunny? Did you not go to the beach as much? What's the story? I did take the necessary precautions a little bit better. I have oh, a little wow. bit of sunburn around the neck. You can't see. Uh, but uh, I don't know. I think I, I, I drank a lot more. Maybe that's why I didn't get as much sunburn. I was moving around. I don't know. I don't know the reason. Okay. I, I don't know. And Good. you had to do I, the pod, the podcast from the McDonald's parking lot last time because the Wi-Fi was not good at the Airbnb. Did you stay at the same Airbnb? How did that work? No, I went to a different Airbnb, even worse Wi-Fi. And I knew it was <laughs> bad because when they finally got the the thing that tells you like, hey, what type of Wi-Fi you're going to have, it says best if used near kitchen. And if you have to like oh, yeah. move around yeah. a studio apartment to get good Wi-Fi, it's probably not gonna yeah. be good. Yeah. So I went back to the McDonald's. It was a little bit longer of a drive. It was like a seven-minute drive, ten-minute drive Got to it. get to the McDonald's. But my parking spot was still there. So, Ugh. but the McDonald's Wi-Fi was not Wi-Fi was not as good this past week, like last week, than it was the first week there. I don't know why. More people coming out getting some some Big Macs, I guess. I guess so. Well, we're Open glad to have up. you back. They're opening up, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, we can talk about the merits of that another time. It seems to be a little frustrating. Uh, we don't have a ton to talk about today, full disclosure. We did get some news uh, both yesterday and then just recently today. The The headliner for today's show, former Penn 800-meter runner, the second fastest woman in NCAA history indoors, Nia Akins has signed with the Brooks Beast. Is going to train out in Seattle. Gordon, it's the first 
at least the one, uh, at least of what we know, the first 2020 NCAA athlete to sign a professional contract. So the floodgates, they've been holding back. They have finally been released. We have a professional signing. What's your reaction to Aikens going to Brooks Beast? Um, I was a little bit surprised. I had this weird feeling, which doesn't make sense, but for some reason I put it in my brain that she would sign with this group or with another group. Uh, but when you think about it, if she would sign with that group, it would be too much of the same. I thought she would sign with uh, the the group out, uh, Geneva's, how do we call them? Geneva's track club? Ajay Wilson's group in Philadelphia. No. Yeah. Right? Because then you would have yeah. Raven, you would have um, Ajay, you would have uh, Sammy Watson. So it would be like 800-meter overload. I'm not sure if they could handle that much. And I thought right, hey, I should right, stay right. in Philadelphia area. But going out on the entire side of the different country in Seattle, um, I looked at her the roster. She's not going to have anyone that's really going to be that fast at that distance with her. I mean, she's going to be definitely the only one who can break two or even run two flat. I guess Carissa Nelson will be the closest training partner and and Freitas, Marta Freitas, because they're both 1500 mm -hmm. meter runners, so they could probably drop down in distance a bit. But... I mean, she's going to be kind of on her, on her own a bit outside of the strength stuff that she can run with the 1,500-meter runners. Yeah, and, you know, in the past, the Brooksby's have had an eight, they had an 800 guy. They still have an 800 guy in Drew Wendell, who's kind of on his own. I know he struggled in recent years, but in the past, you know, he won an indoor silver medal. He made the 2017 world championship team while kind of being in that situation, not exactly having a, a training partner in the 800. Uh, maybe she's identified strength as something she needs to work on. So therefore joining a group that has some strong 1500 meter runners could, could certainly help, but she also was at Penn. It's not like she's coming from Oregon or I don't know, another like, power five school of which she had a ton of talented trading partners she ran too flat while being clearly the best by far uh, on her team so i think it's a recipe that that certainly can work and i think we sometimes overestimate like the having to have people in your exact discipline that are running exactly comparable times uh you know she may be able to hop in some some rep workouts with some of the longer distance guys who maybe are running certain workouts. So, I mean, it, it's going to, it's a good move. And I mean, props to her for being the first 2020 NCAA athlete to, to align with the brand. It, it had been a complete drought up until this point. We don't know what's going on with negotiations and we don't know, you know, if athletes are just waiting for their best offer or if there truly hasn't been that many offers out there, but uh, it's significant. I think that we are seeing some track meets starting to pop up domestically. And now we have somebody signed I assume other names like Klecker, Jones will follow soon with, with sponsorship deals. So this is a big deal, not only for Aikens, but for just those athletes that are in the, her similar position coming out of college after their careers were, were cut short. So it's exciting times now. Now we may get to see some, some signings like, like it's a normal track season. And it might sneakily be the most like – underrated kind of sleeper signing that go that that brooks gets because you know when you think about this class of 2020 on the men's and women's side combined you know you had the big names like a 
Joe Klecker, Danny Jones, Alicia Monson, you know, Tyler Days, uh, any of the milers like Oliver Hoare and, and the like. Nia Aikens, I kind of feel like has gone under the radar. Uh, and I think you could argue that she could end up being, have the most world team. She, she when all said and done of this group of 2020, yeah. there's some chance you could say that Nia Atkins would make the most world teams of any of the people in that group, which is kind of a big thing to say. But if you think about it, I mean, she's run too flat on like, not, not, but like kind of training by herself. Cause she didn't have anyone that was at her level at Penn. Um, yeah. And hasn't shown a sense of like being overworked and kind of tapped out. Uh, she's had some steady improvement, gotten better and better. And I really think, yes, Ajay Wilson and Raven Rogers are the best in the world, literally. Um, and it only three make a team. But I also think that we're going to have a lot of four women make the 800-meter team, I think. I think Ajay or Raven will win world titles consistently. And there'll be four spots open. And I think that Nia Atkins will get better and better. I don't see... Someone like Sammy Watson kind of showing that she's next in line. Obviously, Hannah Green is good, but she's getting a little older. Uh, and Kate Grace is older as well, even though she dropped if she dropped down in distance. So I think Nia Atkins, in the next 10 years, she can make maybe two, one and a half to two world teams per four years, I think. And I think that's, that's a good guess for Brooks. Number. Right? You now, know, over you under one said- and a half, I would say. That's fine. I just want to point out, you just said Hannah Green's getting older. She's younger than Ajay Wilson, so, I mean, by a few months. So, I mean, Hannah Green's only 25 right now, so I don't think we can 20, call her 25 getting is, older. She's older than Nia Atkins, who's 22. Nia Atkins is only 21, but, you know, we can debate ages all we want. I guess it's subjective. That's fine. We're calling 25 old. What You know, it's it's It it's is, all though. Good. The average career span of an elite athlete is 22 to 26. Like, that is yeah. their prime. Your prime is 22 to 26. If you're good before that or after that, you are an outlier. You're an all-time great. You're like a Leo Manzano type, a Centro type. Uh, so when I say older, once you hit, once you're on the on wrong side of 26, you're not your, – your future isn't ahead of you. I mean, I could say that there's some people who go out there and run 1504 at the age of 35 uh, and laugh at that statement, but – uh, I really do think Nia Atkins could be the most, you know, sleeper underrated signing of the entire class, and she's the first one to get signed. So Brooks, sure. I think, had a good pickup in this one. I mean, certainly a, a late bloomer. She was incredible in 2019, getting second both indoors and outdoors, and she made the uh, the U.S. final. That said, she, you know, it, I think it's a tough climb to be making teams a lot when you talk about Ajay Wilson has been the most consistent person in the 800 men or women for like the last six years. Raven Rogers just got a silver medal and, you know, could Trump Ajay Wilson. Who knows? I mean, Raven Rogers is, we know is that good. And Hannah Green had a breakout year. We don't know if last year was a fluke or if there's more to come for Green, but you look up coming up the pipeline. I mean, uh, uh, Tang Mo is, is freaking, you know, not even 18 years old, or no, she just turned 18 years old. 
and you know if Watson develops, it, it, it's an event that certainly is on the come up, and and Aikens is is right there. Obviously, getting that professional support should help her. Now she just worries about training. Uh, I think it does look good for her, but it's certain by by no means is an easy path to to making teams. I mean, she very well could have a good career and never make a team. Uh, she'll certainly have to improve. You got to you know last year to to make the USA team, you had to run one fifty eight. And that's not an easy thing to to do consistently, especially at the culmination of three rounds. So, but the fact that she ran two flat indoors and was so improved last year, I think is a good sign. A great shot to be in the mix in, in the next coming years. And that's all you can ask for for an athlete who just signs their first professional contract. Yeah. I just think that Raven or Aji will be either world defending world champions or Diamond League champions, and we're going to be cons- sending four people consistently. And I think that I can see Aikens getting fourth. I mean, well, wait a second now. D- Diamond League champ. I mean, we're not going to have. Okay, okay. I mean, that's only going to be for world championships. Obviously, that's not yeah, yeah. yeah. Olympics, so in twenty twenty two, but in tw- but in twenty twenty two and twenty twenty. No, not 2022, because Nakai will be the defending world champion. Yeah, right? the but Ugandan the athlete, defending... so they're not going to have. Yeah. No, but we can still send if we have a Diamond League champion, we can send four. Donovan Brazier went as a was a buy. We sent four guys because Donovan Brazier won so the Diamond how League. How is it working this time? Is it going to be the 2021 Diamond League champion? We'll get a buy no, the... into the because yeah, the world champs will be before the Diamond League finals. In yeah, so it'll be the, okay. Yeah, so it'll be the 2021 Diamond League champion, and I think Ajay or Raven could win that. Well, of course, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's what you would expect. I mean, we also expected Ajay Wilson to easily win the world title last year, and it didn't happen. So stranger things have happened. She's certainly in the mix. Uh, that is Nia Aikens, and uh, I expect her to only improve as she goes to to a group. It is a I don't want to say curious signing. It, it, like you said, it's a surprising signing. Just the fact that there's not that like tried and true veteran 800 meter runner that she's joining. But like we, like I said, with Wendell and, and and other athletes too, you don't necessarily have to have an elite 800 meter runner to train with to improve in the 800. Maybe she wants to improve her endurance and her ability to work through rounds and this helps by by going with a uh a group of middle distance runners so yeah i mean if you and also could have been like a contract situation where i mean she did one she probably didn't want to maybe go to the philadelphia group because too much too much of the 800s there so like yeah and then the next person to kind of train in the 800 with you would probably be Hannah Green at OTC. Maybe she didn't want to do Nike, so she was looking for a non-Nike uh, avenue. And then after Hannah Green, I mean, who's the next big like 800-meter vet? It, it kind of drops off. I mean, I guess you could say Hoka, right? You could say uh, – what's her name? What's the – she made the world team because even though she got she didn't make the final. Oh, Sierra, Sierra Brown. Yes, yeah, Sierra Brown. So maybe, I mean, you could argue maybe she go there because that is close to Philly. Uh, I bet you if I had a guess, it was probably between New Jersey, New York Track Club, and Brooks. And I bet you she probably was getting paid more to go to Brooks. And she's like, hey, okay, this would be good. And that's how she made her decision. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's an article kind of just pilfering through right now on women's running about 
her signing uh, and moving out to Seattle to join Danny Mackey's group. So I encourage everyone, <clears throat> if you haven't already, to to read that one. But yeah, I, I'm wondering what you think. Who do you think the next athlete to sign will be? I mean, it's tough to predict, but now that we have one, it does feel like there's a tiny bit of momentum where other brands maybe will say, ah, it's okay. There's some track meets coming up. Maybe we can see our kit out there represented, get a little marketing. Do you have a, a beat on who you think might be the next athlete to to get signed? Well, I think oh, Joe Klecker is kind of the one that everyone's kind of want to know what he's going to do. Um, if you look at his Instagram and you look at what he's wearing in some of his uh, runs, you can kind of maybe guess that he might be going to a certain non-mainstream. Oh, wow. Uh, oh, wow. I, haven't, I hadn't done. Are you reporting this right now? Am I reporting it? I mean, I'm I'm saying it. Uh, I mean, I. It's not. This is not. How how do you say something without being accused of reporting something? Oh like, wow! Are you looking? Is he, wearing, is he wearing ons? Yeah. Whoa. And ons aren't just shoes that you pick up and like. Oh yeah, you you would keep running in like your probably your Nikes from college if you wanted to. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, you would think. Okay, so that's potential. Yeah, you're right. Okay, so that that would be I see I don't stalk athletes Instagrams. I mean, I'm not accusing you of doing this, but I I like I kind of try to keep my work and Instagram life private or separate, but yeah, that's something and he's training with the Tenman guys. I mean, I know they're right so there in Boulder. So yeah. I don't know if he's joining he, Tenman, but yeah, that's something, right? Yeah, I don't think he's going to join Tenman. I mean, there's then other further rumors about what he would do at with on running that potentially a new group would form. That could be a thing. Uh, again, I'm not reporting. I'm just mm -hmm. speculating, but uh, I could see him uh, doing something. I think what I think basically what I can say is I think what Joe Klecker does uh, when he announces what he's doing will be a big change to uh the system. I don't think he's going to be going to our already known group. I think he's going to start his yeah. own group with someone else. Interesting. You know, I will just going through and stalking his Instagram as, as long ago as April 15th, he's got a picture of himself with the on trainers on. Maybe he just likes the shoes. It's, it's tough to know at this point, but certainly, certainly a, uh, a possibility here, but, uh, Wow, that would be that would be quite the that'd be quite the signing for for them. I mean, he's probably up there with Ollie Hoare on the men's side is that would be the biggest signing. And since Klecker is obviously an American, would have a, a little bit of a bigger impact here. So something to watch out for. That was a good that was a good pick for you. Thank you for stocking the the social medias and and the footwear <laughs> of of these athletes. I mean, that's that's kind of how you tell you're. You're famous for back in the day with Brody Hasty when he was like hanging out with NAU athletes before he announced his transfer. You did some investigative work to to figure out that he was looking to transfer to Northern Arizona. So I I trust your instincts on this one. Yeah. So I can see uh, maybe Joe Klecker announcing on running with potentially a a new training group. The question is who would it be with? I don't know. Uh, maybe he's the first, and then maybe a you know, a lower tier person comes and joins to kind of make it into a mini group. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, we'll see. But I think we'll probably hear something about that probably in July. I think they're going to wait. Maybe. I don't know.
So. Why? Why do you? Why do you say that? I'm just curious. I don't know. July isn't that like a new July. year or something? Is that like oh, a quarter? God. That's quarter three, right? Oh, is that Q3? Is that is that how yeah. this is working? We're waiting for money to be moved over to to budgets to restart well, for, for Q3. Yeah, right. Maybe that's how it works. Brooks didn't have to do that. There's flush in cash. They, they're yeah, just there's like, flush. Let's do this, man. Q2 or bust. I mean, let's go. <laughs> All right. So, uh, yeah, exciting things ahead. I mean, I'm I'm happy to see some pro, well, a pro sign, and hopefully more to come. Uh, other bit of news: we've had some transfers. I mean, throughout the basically the year, it's a big time for transfers. I think with people getting extra years of eligibility, this one was not necessarily uh, exactly that situation. But 2019 NCAA Indoor 60 meter hurdles champion Chanel Price, Chanel Price, Chanel Brissett. Uh, transfers from usc to texas she didn't have the greatest last indoor season but when she is on her form she's been very very good runner up at the 2019 outdoor championships and the 100 hurdles uh run 1252 i forget what she's run indoors but i think the bigger thing i mean she's going to she's coming to austin i guess we can say to be coached by edric florial arguably the best hurdle coach in the entire world. Going to train with Kenny Harrison. What's your, what are your thoughts here? Yeah, I guess the big question is what's the reasoning, right? And mm -hmm. why would you leave a place like USC? Great California weather. Their team yeah. is stacked, you know, and yeah. you would imagine they would continue to be good the next two years, the final two years of her season. You know, it could be for multiple reasons. I mean, could she have uh, – lost some money in her scholarship because she didn't perform well during indoors. Maybe, probably not. I don't know. It's kind of hard yeah. to dock someone scholarship when they were literally the national runner up in outdoors 2019 and then just had one bad season. Cause she didn't mm. make, she, I don't think she, did she qualify for NCAA indoors? I don't think she did. No, no. Yeah. No. Which is surprising. I don't know if she broke she, eight seconds. I don't think it was not a good year for her. Yeah. She, uh, yeah. She, she ran eight fifteen, so yeah. For comparison's sake, she was—I mean, she was defending champion. Yeah, wow, she was defending yeah. champion, and then didn't even qualify. Yeah. Next year. you know, could have had an I mean, injury. We're, injury. We're, yeah, yeah, we're. I mean, it could be something as simple as as that a slight regression, or just need a change of scenery for for her to want to go to Texas. But I mean, I don't think you can fault. First of all, I realized yesterday when I wrote up the piece about it like saying like oh you know best hurdle coaches in the world and coach flow is to diminish what they have at usc clearly they have hurdles figured out at usc as well that's where rye benjamin went they've had stars in the in the women's hurdles uh and a cockerel just won the foreign hurdles last year so they have stuff figured out there too i think it maybe just is a something of a change of scenery but you can never fault someone for saying i want to train alongside the world record holder in Kenny Harrison. And I mean, you would think if there's any weaknesses in her start, Harrison is a fantastic starter. And and Flo has obviously coached not only Harrison, but Jasmine Camacho Quinn, Sidney McLaughlin. He knows what he's doing when you're going over barriers. So this is a a certainly a positive move for her, especially if she attributes any of her regression last year to needing a fresh start. Yeah, and uh, it's, I mean, Texas, I mean, Texas uh, had, what's her name? Oh, man, the Georgia girl. 
Why? Oh, keep Tara, Tara Davis. Tara Davis. Yeah. So Tara Davis got injured, I believe. She was ready to have her first year this year, but then got injured again. Mm -hmm. Uh, But she's, I mean, she is a hurdler who have yet to really see her full potential because sitting out a year and then also getting injured. And she was really good as a, as a U20 hurdler and U20 uh, long jumper. Uh, So, but it will have not, I mean, obviously she'll have like the pros with her, but she'll also have some collegiate teammates who can kind of push each other to both make, go through rounds together, go through the system together, not just the pros who are there at practice. So that'll be good for her as well. Yeah, it just some does seem to be somewhat of a, a parallel move. And you do that's the that's the only bit that's curious of this because you go from a USC team that we all assumed, even without her, was gonna win the indoor title. And outdoors, you know, probably a similar situation. We talked about USC is almost untouchable when we start look at the beginning of 2020, how good they were almost winning uh indoors and out last year. I, that that's where it's curious. I know track and field ultimately when it comes down to it, it's an individual sport. So I'm sure she's looking to set herself up for the best possibility of, you know, getting a pro contract when she's done and especially going into the Olympic year in 2021, uh, where, you know. If, if all things break right, she could have an outside shot at making the team. Um, so it's there. But when you when you say, like, this USC team was so talented and so ready to collect titles, it's it's a bit head-scratching in, in that way. But the Texas women are, you know, on the come up. The men have been on as well. Really, Flo has done about what you would expect it and more so far with that team in his, you know, year and a half in Austin. So... He is uh, he is a big pull for for both professionals and collegians. Yeah, and I, staying on the mind of Texas, I mean Texas, the men. I mean the women are showing that they've been good, but the men have a chance to be really good outdoors next year because uh, they sign yeah. uh, Kier- Kieran uh, Tuntev. I don't know how to say his name. Tuntev. Kieran Tuntevate. Tuntevate. Yeah. There. Wow, I, I was way off. Kieran Tuntevate of Harvard, who will have outdoors ability. You throw in him who can he can score points score. in yeah he can score in the five k or ten k probably the five, and then you throw in Makai Harris in the shorts short sprints Jonathan Joe's in the four hundred they'll return Adrian Pippery the shot putter there's a lot of bodies there that yeah. can and if Sam Worley comes back healthy to run a fifteen hundred because you'll have now a whole another year of trying to get healthy. I think Texas Crizola could be too, that, or whatever that kid's name. Yeah, yeah, Crizola could could improve. I'm not sure if he may. I don't know if he'll score, but you know they'll have these people who we know are going to score. Yeah. And Harris, Jones, Pippery, and Tutavate. That's yeah. a that's a recipe to put together 40 to 50 points and then maybe sneak a, a win, which is very impressive for Texas in what year two or three? I guess year three for. Coach Flo to yeah. win a national oh, title. Mean, That'd be incredible. Be incredible. And obviously, you know, indicative of the staff he's put around him with the coaches of all those different specialties. He he's, knows how to assemble a staff as well. It's just an impress, impressive rise. This this program was kind of floundering when he took over. And quickly, things have gotten organized. And and they are now a formidable program and, and a, a destination again for for transfers that's uh it's uh been a pretty remarkable turnaround okay so there is some track this weekend not a ton we don't have 
an impossible games type of thing. But we do have a remote competition, maybe one that not many asked for or didn't know we needed, but the Atlanta Track Club and Oregon Track Club, this was announced yesterday, Gordon, are going to clash remotely and listen to some of these matchups. Uh, we will have in the 600, Dylan Capwell going up against Nigel Amos. In the women's 600, Rachel Walters for Chanel Price. That is why I said Chanel Price earlier, not Chanel Brissett. Uh, I had Chanel Price on the mind. 1,200, Abraham Alvarado versus Vince Tiati. 1,200 women, Yolanda Garambe versus Hannah Green. And then we have a 2x2x400 two by two by mixed relay, Avery Bartlett, Avery Bartlett and Megan Melisarte versus Jake Hayward and Sabrina Sutherland. We also have some alternates for some reason. Why, why we need alternates, I don't know, in case like somebody gets sick, I guess, the day before. Um, what are you thinking? Are you going to watch this on Saturday? Uh, yeah, I'll probably watch it. Uh, there's a lot of things that I think are going to be not so entertaining about it. I think they're not – I don't – do you think it's going to be hand-timed so the times aren't going to count? And if it's hand-timed, do you think they're going to have the clock on the uh, on the screen? Because a lot of times in order to get clocks on the screen, yeah, you, you kind of connect the the yeah. the uh, timer's system to your camera feed to get that. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm I'm gonna to be interesting to see how they display it because if you notice, there a lot of these meets – think broadcasting two different locations is easier said than done you notice that during the impossible games they pre-recorded everything because yeah did they realize did they think they're gonna have strong internet in kenya do you think you're gonna have strong internet like everywhere you go like so people think uh i think when people mm. are just born with these phones everywhere and thinking you can easily film everything when push comes to shove, when you actually have to do it, it's a lot more complicated. I know that because we work at Flow, and it's a lot more complicated to live stream than people think. Yeah. Especially live stream with the ability to see, like, like yeah, you can hold a camera. You can hold an iPhone, but an iPhone doesn't zoom, right? You're not going to be able to see 200 meters away. So I'll be interested to see how they pull off the production. If it is going to be something that is, is it going to look like just two cell phone cams? The way it looked when we watched the the horse tournament on ESPN, when we saw these pros like have their cell phones to film them playing horse, you know. So I'll be yeah. interested to see how it works out. I don't know if, if they're. It's just watching someone time trial a twelve hundred or six hundred. They're not really. Racing, I mean, it's I something. I'm excited to see eight, Nigel Amos again. We haven't seen him since last outdoor season. Then he pulled out of Worlds after running one forty one at monaco so fun to see what he can do i assume he'll have a big advantage over capwell i do kind of want to go into a little bit more details about what you were talking about with the technology and this is interesting and kind of what i'm most excited to see if i'm being honest here so this is in dave monty's write-up uh for race results weekly about how they're gonna kind of accomplish the logistics of this Quote, interestingly, the broadcast will take advantage of innovative technologies and creative solutions, including the use of zero emission electric vehicles to capture footage of the athletes as they race. Atlanta-based Mercedes-Benz USA will be providing a vehicle on location in Atlanta. Archimoto, an EV manufacturer based in Eugene, will be providing a fun utility vehicle to use on location in Eugene. The show will be produced by Tracktown Productions. How did they pull this off? How did they get like like you call up Mercedes Benz and you're like, hey, can you provide a car for our remote track meet? Can can 
can I just stage a track meet and get a Mercedes Benz? Like, how how do we pull that sway? This is how it works. When you go to local dealerships, they love promotion. Like, and they like, okay. so it's not, they didn't go to Mercedes Benz HQ headquarters. They went to Mercedes Benz of Buckhead, which is just a location okay. in Atlanta. And I think it's kind of easy to go, hey, we're doing this cool track meet during coronavirus. We could put your car in the feed. It's going to get, you tell them it's going to get millions of views, which it won't, but you tell them that. And then you get a car out of it. That's how it works. These, these car dealerships don't know. They're like, oh, okay, yeah, sure. No one's come into this car. No one's bought a car in like three months. Why not? We have a lot extra in the back lot. That's what I think. My parents bought a car about two weeks before the country shut down. It was a great investment for them. Um, let's see. Have you ever heard of Archie Moto, an EV manufacturer based in Eugene? Have you ever heard of Archie? No. I do like that they had to make sure they said zero emission electric vehicle. It's like, okay, cool. <laughs> I, don't know. I mean, listen, I'm as zero, I'm as green as they come. We know that about me, but even me, for me, that was like overdone. It's like, I don't care if you have a Hummer out there at this point, at least it's something like, you don't need to like, tell me that we're not going to be adding like carbon emissions at this point. It's a little bit too, uh, I don't know. You're, 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 you're. As you as you, as you like to say sometimes virtue signaling, it's, it's yeah. a little bit. Oh, we're going to make like, sure. Okay, great. All we're yeah. going to make sure all the athletes who drive to the track, are they also going to be using zero emission cars? <laughs> Probably not. So we are going to use one new, uh, zero emission car and we're going to need it because we need to offset the, all these cars that are going to be driving into the parking lot. No, it's, you know, it's all just like, you know, what I would have most looks, liked to see in here is I would have most liked to see Pete Julian's group come to eugene and and in person with whatever social distancing race otc's group i want to see nigel amos versus donovan brazier in an 800 Ooh. all respect to dylan capwell who do we want to see race nigel amos it, it's clearly a guy who lives in portland already it's donovan brazier that's what i want to see and chanel price in the 600 i mean i don't know can we get like ajay wilson or I don't know, a 400-meter runner. There's just other names I would have preferred to see. I I just I think it could have happened. I, I, you know, the Atlanta Track Club is, is great. They put on a great Olympic marathon trials, but there, there were some other matchups I would have preferred to see if I was let in on this. But, of course, they didn't, they didn't ask me. They didn't ask me what zero-emission cars I would have recommended. They, 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 that, that wasn't plugged. I... This is what we should have got. Yeah. We should get Pete Julian's group versus OTC, and they run a weird ass relay. We, they run a weird ass a weird ass relay. It's a the opening leg runs six hundred, and then the closing leg runs twelve hundred. Because these people don't want to run real races. Whatever. So I like still want to see this. So it's. It's an 1,800-meter race, but the first leg runs 600, and the second leg runs 1,200. That's all it is. And the first leg is Amos versus Brazier, and the second leg would be Angles versus Blankenship. I mean, there you go. We figured it out, right? I mean, let's let's freaking go. That's, and, then that's, maybe, I, and then add in maybe yeah. another level distance and make it uh, Hassan Mead versus uh, – who's who, – 
because I, I'm not really I good at know. segmenting who's who's technically in Paul Pete Julian's Tanui. group. Versus... Paul Tanui. There you uh, go. Eric Jenkins. Paul Tanui. I mean, any, Jenkins, any of those Jenkins. guys. Yeah, Jenkins, yeah. Be good. Yeah, that's that's what I would like to see. I mean, maybe we're in the era of match races, remote match races. This will continue. I, you know, in the press release or in the thing David Monty wrote up, he kind of talked about the success of the Impossible Games. With the remote things, I would maybe argue against it. I'd say the remote thing was a dropped ball for the Impossible Games, primarily because the they had to record the Kenyan athletes the day before or whatever it was, and it was less than effective, and the competition ended up being a dud. Uh, so the jury's out whether this can be a successful method. We'll see what they come up with here. They're putting resources into it, so I guess it's got to be something. I would have liked to seen more athletes participate and uh maybe if this goes off without a hitch we can get the donovan brazier versus nigel amos or something like that that's what i'd be like, excited to see the main thing that people think grows on trees is internet access people just think cell phone is good cell phone act internet is the best is a good enough internet if they're having this track meet on the south eugene track there is no hardwire connection on that track there's not a place where they just mm. plug in it's a lot. It's really easy to stream when you're in a stadium that has a connected hard line with you know millions of megabytes upload and download. But when you're in the middle of nowhere, like in the middle of Kenya, or if this Atlanta track is just happens to be in the middle of a park, you don't just get internet in the middle of a park just because you have true. you know cell signal doesn't mean you have good enough internet to live stream something. I would hope the they know that. I think they would know that. And if listen, if there's well, anyone I, who knows the, that there's the diamond league people a scarcity of internet, yeah. If, if there's anyone that knows there's a scarcity of internet, it's you podcasting from a McDonald's parking lot in Galveston, Texas. So you are proving your point in you know with your actions. So we'll see how it goes off. Uh, I think any effort is appreciated at this point. If if they can't figure out the stream, I mean, I don't think people are going to be like incredibly angry. It's just going to be like, oh. Well, I guess I'll fold laundry instead of watch the, the, whatever this is. What is this being called? The the clash, the uh, what, what the hashtag is return of the duel. So it's kind of simulating a duel meet. So if they were smart, we they would. If they were smart, they would fake live it. They would have everyone do it, film each one, put it together, and pretend it's live, and just tell the athletes. See, that's the problem. Live. Asbel Kiprop's going to tweet it out. Asbel Kiprop's going to spoil the thing. He's going to be, don't lie. You did it yesterday. He's kind of a uh, a pre-recorded uh, narc, if you will. So you can't get away with that anymore. There's too many people watchdogging to figure out. Uh, yeah, I don't know, man. We'll see how this goes off. I guess I'll be watching. Let's check to see if there's any product placement with Mercedes and EV Moto or whatever the Archie Moto. Uh, I, I what's what's the what was the uh, the character on uh, the Hunchback of Notre Dame? What was that guy's name? Uh, something Quasimodo. Quasimodo. That's what I keep thinking of when I think of Archie Moto or whatever. What, let me hold on. I gotta figure out what was the name. Uh, yeah, Archie Moto. I'm thinking of Quasimodo. There you go. Okay, I think we can leave it there for today. Uh, we've done enough damage to track and field community for <laughs> one podcast episode. He is Gordon Mack. I am Lincoln Trike. The email, flowtrackpodcast at gmail.com. Write us in with your questions, who you want to see in a match race, who you think is going to sign next, whether Joe Klecker is signed with On Running or not. Uh, let us know. And until then, we will see you tomorrow. <laughs>